I again greet you in Jesus' name this evening and welcome each one who is here and each one who is listening. I do want to thank Brother JP and Catherine for the opportunity to put up with JP this week. Actually, they put up with me. The other evening, well, we were again talking about milk, and he said he could have brought milk home from the milk tank. And I didn't tell him what I was thinking, but now there's a little distance between us. I could have just as well went to the spigot and got from there. Actually, I'm not that fussy about milk. Their milk is just fine. And we have been blessed by being here. And I also want to thank the Sewing Circle for the quilt or the uh, comfort that we received. When we look at that and other times, we will remember the congregation at Strasburg, Virginia. And we have fond memories of you both those who had us in your home and those whom we met. Otherwise, it has been a joy. The message this evening, as I mentioned this morning, comes from Matthew 6, verses 19 through 34, with a title, Where is My Treasure? I would like to give you a quote I don't know if you'll recognize this or not because it came from one of your southeastern ministry. The things in life that matter, excuse me, the things that matter in life aren't matter. I don't know what year I heard that, but it was from Brother John Swartz. The things that matter in life aren't matter. And that is reflected in the title here, Where is My Treasure? Matthew 6, I will read now verses 19 through 34. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat? and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? 
And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. I am just reminded that we did not go over our memory verse. I wrote it in my notes so that so that I would not forget. So I'm wondering is there anyone tonight who would like to repeat Isaiah 57:15? It begins for thus saith. We'll do it together. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Thank you. Treasures. Uh, The first verse that we read says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. We could ask the question, Is Jesus forbidding all Acquiring acquirement of wealth or prosperity or possessions. Is that what he's saying? Property, anything that we could receive on this earth for working. I don't believe that is what Jesus is saying here. If you were to go to 1 Timothy 5, 8, you would read that if any man provides not for his own, especially they of his own household, he is he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. We are to provide for our own families. You have elsewhere that we are to work, to have, to give to him that needeth. So we're to work and acquire money for our necessity to help others and those types of things. I also do not believe it is wrong to save for future needs. The emphasis on this passage is where is my treasure? Notice that 
Jesus is emphasizing the heart issue in verse 21. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where is your heart? And what are you concerned about? Some years ago, I heard of a local man. He passed away many years ago, but I did know him. I didn't know this about him till later, but they said that he very much enjoyed hunting. And he would go out and hunt. And, you know, most hunting is in the wintertime. His wife didn't have wood for the fire in the house. And they didn't have electricity either. And he would go out and hunt and let her without wood. Where was that treasure? I don't want to judge him, but he was not providing for his own in that case. And I believe that is God's command to us. The issue is not on the things and the treasure, but where is my heart? Thinking of that, the book of Proverbs has a number of verses that address gain and our attitude and focus upon making money, having money. Proverbs 15:27 says, "He that is greedy of gain troubleth his own house, but he that hateth gifts shall live." Ecclesiastes 5:10, "He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. This is also vanity." That was Ecclesiastes 5.10. Loving silver, we won't be satisfied with getting silver. Nor he that loveth abundance with increase. And the writer, if you remember, Solomon said many times in Ecclesiastes, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. When we are focusing on the material, what do you want most? I heard of and maybe you all would know who this was. It was a very rich man in years past in this country. And I don't want to try to say who it was because I don't, I don't remember exactly. But a millionaire who was asked, what, what would you most want? His answer was one more dollar. And that reminds me of the scripture that we just I just quoted Ecclesiastes 5.10, He that loveth silver is not satisfied with silver. Proverbs 28.20 tells us, A faithful man shall abound with blessing, but he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. He that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. I would invite you to turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6, several verses there which certainly apply to our treasure 
and where our treasure ought to be. 1 Timothy 6, verses 10 and 17 through 19. 1 Timothy 6.10 For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Verses 17 through 19 Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God that giveth who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. And I would just remind you of the parable of the rich fool, which is in Luke 12, verses 16 through 21. His ground brought forth plentifully, and he said within himself, What shall I do? I don't have room to store all these fruits, all this harvest. Well, he said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger so that I can store all of these things. And then, in my words, I'll sit back and relax and say, Soul, thou hast many goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Focusing on himself. God said, Thou fool, This night shall thy soul be required of thee, and then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? In 1 Timothy 6, we see that the problem is not money as much as the love of money. For the love of money is the root of all evil. We can have problems with the love of money if we have a lot of money. We can have problems with the love of money if we don't have much money and wish we had more with a wrong focus. I don't think it's wrong to wish for more money to pay our bills. We try to do that. We need to do that. It's our obligation but to love money and to focus on money to covet after verse 10 mentions coveting after which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows what about get-rich-quick schemes. It is a well-known fact that Mennonites are rather gullible and you have get-rich-quick schemes that come along. Some people put their money into a certain venture And they receive great interest. A bunch more people jump into it. And it goes for a while. And what ends up happening sometimes is new investors are being paid. Old investors are being paid by new investors. And there's really no business there. And then it collapses. 
some of the first people received a prophet, many others lost everything they had in it. There are so many get-rich-quick schemes that we tend to fall for. One reason that we fall for those, we have grown up taught honesty. We are taught to be honest, to tell the truth, to pay our bills, and so on. And we expect others to be that way. And that's okay, except that we need to also have wisdom, use wisdom. And to constantly try to get something for nothing is a wrong focus. Where is my treasure? We need to be in businesses that we know are legitimate, that provide a service to whoever, and we can profit from that that is legitimate. Thinking about money, having lots of money, there are those who have lots of money, and that's not in itself wrong. In 1 Timothy 6, notice what verses 18 and 19 tell us concerning those who are rich, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. These verses tell us that a person with lots of money can have his heart in the right place because they are also doing lots of good. They are rich in good works. They're ready to distribute. They're willing to help others. I'm sure you know, I have known people who have done well in their business, but you would never know it. They don't live expression high on the hog. They take care of their money and sometimes after that person is gone you find out well, he gave to this cause greatly, he gave to that cause, he didn't uh, broadcast it around, he did it anonymously, he was doing a lot of good with his money. And that is taught here, that they do good. Rich in good works, ready to help others. In doing that, they're doing what verse 19 says, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come. I'm reminded of your memory verses that you had this morning, where it tells us in Second Peter 3 how that the earth and all the things in the earth shall be burnt up. So what really is important? The things that will be burnt up or the things that we do for eternity? The answer is obvious. That which is simply for this earth will be burned up. I have a question that you can answer 
in your own selves? Is an expensive hobby okay if you can afford it? Is it okay, an expensive hobby? And I'm not going to even mention what I'm thinking of, but I know of people who have dreadfully expensive hobbies. And even, they may even be giving a lot of money away besides that. But is that okay if we have the money? Sometimes I wonder if I can honestly answer that because I don't have that kind of money to have an expensive hobby. But at this point, concerning that type of thing, I would use this phrase that I have heard about a number of areas of life, but relating to expensive hobbies, others may, I cannot. To spend that much money on myself when there are mission organizations that need help, there are all kinds of organizations that need help, people in this country who could use help, I question the wisdom of that. Treasures. Where is my treasure? I believe that does not have to do only with riches, with money, but that which is important to us, where our affection or aim in this life is. What takes our time? What our are our priorities. So in verse 19 there, we had lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. Verse 20 admonishes us to lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal. That which matters most is not matter. The matter will burn up at the end of this world. So what are treasures that aren't matter? We're to lay up treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt. I've already mentioned giving to the work of the kingdom of God. Give money, give our time, give ourselves prayer. It is often, as I mentioned this morning, easier to give money than to volunteer time and personal involvement, but they are just as important or more important as money. One area I have thought of and I think of it because it's evident in my own life, families of ordained or of others in the ministry can really be a part of laying up treasures in heaven when they allow their loved ones to go, such as I am here this week. I'm here. The cows are still getting milked at home. Responsibilities are getting done that need to be. 
I had offers to do field work if that were necessary. Those people, my children and others, that is their treasure that they are laying up in heaven as well. Being involved in the work of the church by staying at home. I am sure there are people in this congregation who have responsibilities that are not well-known, easily seen. But being faithful in those things is also laying up treasures in heaven. There will be a reward. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Also, as I think of treasures that are not on the earth, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, I think of families, families with young children. And so I want to address at this point families with young children. Your children are treasures given to you from God, and they should be your highest interest under God. It should be in your daily prayers to ask God to help you to bring them up for him. Second John, excuse me, third John four does not just happen. Third John four says, I have no greater joy than to see my children walk in truth. That doesn't just happen. It happens when parents take their responsibilities and their children are their highest priority under God. I remember being newly ordained, being at some minister's meetings, and an older minister came up to me and he said, remember, your family actually comes before the church. And I don't know if everyone would at first agree with that, But we do have the scripture that says if a man doesn't have his family in subjection, how can he take care of the church of God? Psalm 127.3 tells us, Children are an heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward. We live in a society that scorns large families. The Bible never condemns having large families. Neither does it condemn small families. There are times when God does not give everyone a large family. That is fine. The question is, if we have a small family for selfish reasons, then there there would be a question. But children are not burdens. Children are not brats. And they are not kids. And no dog is ever as precious as a child. No animal can take the place of a child fully. We have children from God. Young families are often in a busy time of life, or I should say families with young children are in a busy time of life. God knows when to give 
father's and mother's children when they're young and they can handle the stress and the work and the fatigue that comes from having young children. God knows you have the strength to handle it. Often finances are tight for young families and that's that's normal. You are starting a family, you're possibly buying a property to have a roof over your head. There are numerous expenses. However, something can be done about it that we don't need to have those expensive hobbies. They need to take a back seat, both because of expense and time. Take time for your families. It is worth more than money which cannot buy happiness. Someone has said you have one chance, one chance with your family. Take time for them. When you are tempted to be discouraged, remember there are probably better days ahead where, for example, finances will probably be easier. The thing is, I believe we need to treasure the good times that we have now, and we can find good times now in life. If we are constantly looking for good times in the future, oh, if we could just have... Uh, our family's a little older and things easier and we're looking constantly for what's ahead and not quite attained yet, we will miss the treasures that we have now, the blessings, the memories of now. Your children are a gift from God, lent to you for now. You have a few short years to teach them all about God. They are a treasure you can take along with you to heaven. They are that which isn't matter. Eternal souls that will spend eternity somewhere. And you have one chance to influence them in the right way. Thinking now of childless couples or perhaps singles, you are not left out in God's plan. You can be a great influence on children. And you can be an influence in ways that perhaps parents cannot be. You have opportunities to perhaps teach Sunday school, be involved in children's clubs, just a number of things that busy young parents don't have time to do. Would be They would be neglecting their responsibilities if they did those. But our single sisters single brothers, couples without children, fill a spot that no one else can. And you will be blessed when you fill that spot for God's honor and glory. I think of Paul when he said, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So in the life of a child, Maybe you are planting seeds now. 
Maybe you won't be involved in that child's life later, and someone else will come along and water those seeds, and God gives the increase. Or maybe someone else has planted seeds in a child, and you are encouraging them in some way in the church or in the community, and you are watering it, and God gives the increase. You're a part of it. God has a place for you also in his work and in the life of children. We are all needed. Going on then in Matthew 6, verses 22 and 23 speak of our eyes, how that our eyes need to be focused. In my words, our eyes need to be focused without dirt in them. In Matthew 7, 3 to 5, we're right close there, I think I'll read that. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. That which is in our vision, which clouds our vision, is a problem. And when God's light comes into our eyes and we can see clearly what to do to focus clearly, we can choose between right and wrong. Between Sometimes we need to choose between good and best. Nothing, neither, maybe neither choice is wrong, but one would be best rather than good. And we need to make that choice. Sometimes the clouded vision, here it says, if thine eye be evil. And in my margin, one of the categories is spiritual blindness or spiritual darkness. That is a problem if that is in our eyes. We need to see clearly, let God's light in our eyes. Twenty-four, Verse 24 tells us about serving two masters, and that is right, right along this subject of where is my treasure. No man can serve two masters. It is one or the other, God or the things of this world. If we first of all serve God and make choices that are right and good in his sight, he will bless. If we try to serve God, just enough to be well thought of, but we want what's in the world, we actually want that, and that's our focus the results will be sad. One foot in the church, as they say, and one foot in the world does not work. Our children will see that, and they will learn. Besides that, I think of the guilt that comes with with such a thing. The guilt of, well, I'm really not doing what I know. 
and a feeling of not being accepted because we're not really doing what we know is right. We're trying to serve two masters, and that cannot be done. And when we're trying to serve two masters, our vision is clouded. And we don't truly serve either one. So verses then 25 through 34 give examples of nature around us, plants, birds that are fed and clothed by God. And I don't know if if you are tempted to think, well, they don't need to do anything. They are fed by God, and I need to work for my living, so this is different. There is a children's story that I will just tell you the best I remember it about the little black hen who lived in a hen house with other chickens. The other chickens were fussing and fuming that life was so hard. They didn't have much to eat. They couldn't find food. They, were, they had to go out and scratch for their food, find it. They didn't have much food. The little black hen came in and she was fat and full and she slept very well. And the others asked her, where did you find your food? She said, it was out there, but boy, did I have to scratch. I think about plants. So God provides for the plants. They have roots. They have leaves. The roots draw up the moisture. The leaves take in the sunshine, convert the sunshine into energy that they need. They also do something for their sustenance. God is faithful. 1 Timothy 6, 8 tells us, And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. I appreciate the thought that I've had from one of our home ministry that having food and raiment has the idea of providing for ourselves food, clothing, and shelter. Having those things let us be therewith content. The point is, I believe, that we need to seek God first and his righteousness, and he will be faithful to us. God is faithful. Throughout the scripture, you have time and again, but God is faithful in various areas of our life. Another quote that I thought applied to this, the presence of anxiety is unavoidable. The prison of anxiety is optional. Now, we might at first think that goes against what we were just reading about taking no thought for the morrow. We, we may start to worry when something happens. Maybe a husband loses his job or 
has an accident and we start to become anxious, I believe that is normal, but we don't need to be in the prison of anxiety. When we realize that God will take care of us. And then another quote, and these two quotes, I don't know who to attribute them to. The greatest use of life is to spend it for that which outlasts it. Thinking of where is my treasure? Our treasure should be for that which outlasts life. The greatest use of life, use of life is to spend it for that which outlasts it. Where is my treasure? If we focus on things and self, our treasure is here on earth. And we constantly want more. And it's insecure. Banks can fail. Uh, businesses can go bad. Accidents happen. Material things are not very dependable. But when we focus on that which outlasts life and we are sending our treasures on before us and our heart is to serve God and please him, God will bless us. There is the promise there in verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I believe God does take care of his children who are seriously seeking to serve him and have their treasure in the right place. Where is my treasure? Is my treasure on earth or is my treasure in heaven? May God richly bless you as a congregation. May your treasure be for that which isn't matter. We'll call for another song and then I'll turn the time back to Brother John.